What's good, Clipper Nation? We're coming at you on a Friday. Oh, the Friday shows always feel good. Oh, always. Uh, <laughs> it's me, William, the Opinion Update. And I am very positive, Chuck Markler. And we are Locked On Clippers, part of the Locked On NBA Network, coming oh, yeah. at you in the offseason. Two days a week in the offseason, five days a week in the regular season, and honestly, once free agency starts, probably five days a week. Yeah. That seems fair. I mean, it depends. If there's news, oh, we're going to report it. There's going to be news, Speaking baby. of news, Doc Rivers uh, took a bit of an L, uh, got a tampering, the organization got a tampering charge. I was going to say, technically just the Clippers got the charge, not Doc Rivers. Oh, yeah. I said the Clippers. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, we're going to be breaking that down, but first we're going to kick things off with a Lou Will recap. Oh, man. Lovely season. This is going to be, I, this is one of my favorite ones. This is a fun um, one. And then we're going to be, Charles did kind of a breakdown of a bunch of the players that the Clippers worked out. Yeah. I did, I I ha- I'm unfamiliar really with them, so it's going to be educational for me as well. You watch some tape. Uh, and then, as I said, we're going to get into a little bit of tampering talk and then our regular Friday oh, yeah. segment, Love, Mary, Kill, brought to you by Hotels.com. What's up? Uh, great rates on room, great rooms anywhere. They asked to sponsor this segment specifically. Of course. I mean, who? I mean, we got people lining up for oh, this. they love it. Uh, so, yeah, all that and more coming up right about now. So we're recapping Lou Will today. I don't, I don't I mean if you if you're a Clippers fan you know what he was all about. I've said it. He's the underground goat. I mean, I think I've said it since midway like the mid-season point. I'm ready to retire his jersey. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I might be too. So, let's just look at his stats. 24 and 5 on 42% from the field, 36% from 3, 87% from the line. 26 minutes per game with four three-point as- attempts per game okay. average, which seemed low, actually. Um, an offensive rating of 112. That seems low. It seems I'm, very I, low. I'm going to take umbrage with that. Okay. But you know what? Maybe it's just because it's only in it's 26 per, minutes. And it's per 100. Yeah. Yeah. That seems low. I thought it was low, too. Offensive rating of 112. Defensive rating, buck 14. That's just Lou, baby. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty <laughs> If you, ex- I'm honestly... Uh, honestly, though, if you're looking at stats... If you're looking at defensive rating with Lou Will, you're either us because you have to make it for this podcast, or you really hate Lou Will and you're trying to find something wrong with this game. Yeah. Um, this was Lou Will's 14th season, and and you his know, best one. What a yeah, what it, a great season. It has to be his best season. My argument that it's his best season is because yes, he had not as high as a point per game as last year, mm-hmm. but he played six minutes less minutes per game this year, and it was only two points short of his average last season. Yeah. He had higher rebounds than last year. Less turnovers, more assists. The first triple-double off the bench in like 30 years. Yeah. Uh, two 40-plus point performances, the walk-off buzzer beater against the Nets. He ran the best pick-and-roll of all time with Montrez Harrell. Incredible. Led all bench players in the NBA in points per game and assists per game. Mm-hmm. And is also the coolest dude of all time. Oh, yeah. Coolest player in the NBA. Yeah, greatest. It's, I mean, he did most of his damage from the left side of the floor. I mean, as he will. Not not (laughs) shocking in any way. His distribution was great this year, Mm -hmm. which I think, we'll talk about scoring, then we should maybe talk about his distribution. I would love to. Yeah. Because this is, I think, a very underrated part of his game that in the last two years has taken a monstrous jump. So, actually, let's talk about his distribution right now. He had six games of 10 plus assists. Yep. Season high of 11. Not a shocker. We were 6-0 and in those games. Yeah. This year really showed... I mean, his distribution was clearly elevated. Yeah. He was making, and that's because of obviously a huge reason is Trez. Mm-hmm. So this like marriage of these two guys was so perfect. Yeah. And it felt like he was, even, you know, you take the Trez pick and roll out because we relied heavily on it, obviously. Because mm-hmm. why wouldn't you? Um, 
he was still good at finding guys. Definitely. Definitely. And I think that this guy improved even more with uh, post-trade deadline when we got a couple more shooters. Mm -hmm. Uh, On that second unit, it gave him a little bit more options, a little bit more room to work. And, yeah, I I don't know, man. I think that that is something that I was never talked about really in his game before. Ever. Um, You know, like before, he did have one season where I think he averaged about four assists, but that was like his fifth year in the league maybe yeah and that was also back when in basketball they were like what does a point guard do other than pass yeah (laughs) totally and then yeah like i said in the last couple years uh i mean his assist numbers have nearly doubled yeah um so i I think that it's just a clear indication that he has bought into this system uh you know he trusts doc he is willing to be an unselfish player when he needs to be Mm -hmm. and at the same time he's willing to dominate the ball and take over games when he needs to as well oh yeah i mean shoot or shoot and when he was passing it was fantastic but there was also times he the one i mean we won 48 games a large part because lou williams is who he is 100 percent and we, yeah, we may have lost a couple games where, and we won forty two or forty three games last year. Forty two, because of Lou. Because Will. of Lou Will, and yeah, he he's gonna shoot you out of a couple games here and there, mm-hmm. but that's what you get. Yeah. You get more wins than losses. Yeah, <laughs> with that strategy, definitely with a guy like Lou Will. Um, his shooting, I looked at some like his heat maps, and he kind of did his best to combat the mid range is dead narrative. Yeah, he shot forty percent on shots uh, from ten feet to just under three point line, and thirty four percent of his shots are from the mid range. Yeah, so I think that you know this is something that gets uh, maybe blown out of proportion. The the whole mid range is dead thing. Yeah, LeBron killed the Raptors last year with mid range shots. <laughs> yeah, and and in playoff scenarios, like you need guys who can take people one on one wherever the shot comes Anywhere. from. It, yeah, it doesn't matter if you can make a shot. Any shot is better than none. Yeah, so. I think, and I think LeBron said that about Kawhi's game seven shot over the Raptor over the Sixers. Yeah, he was like, long two. He was like, I'm sure the analytics are terrible on that shot, but give me that guy taking that shot. Yeah, because that's what you have. Um, he really killed it from everywhere on the floor. He obviously favored the left. Um, he had a lot of dunks this year. Yeah, like him and Gallo. You love to see. They it. must have had a bet. You love to of see who it. could have the most dunks. <laughs> um, his shooting was phenomenal, and then. We talked about this with Patrick Beverly. He was the ice to Patrick Beverly's fire. Man, sometimes when I'm ha- I'm in a bad mood or I'm feeling <laughs> down, I just watch that post-game press conference after game six of Patrick Beverly and Lou Will, and it's just like, just the chemistry, yep. and like they're the perfect yin and yang. And they like each other. And they like each and other. And the one with him, Trez, and Bev. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's phenomenal, too. Yeah. Like After the, when they took that second game at Oracle? Yeah. yeah. This was... And I mean, I will say it, I want to write like a 50,000 word piece on it, but Bev and Lou, 2018-2019, need to go down as the best veteran duo of the last 10 years in terms of leadership mm-hmm. and complementary skill sets. Yeah. yeah. I, it's really hard for me to find a veteran duo that was so important to a team, but not the first options. Definitely. Yeah. The, you know, it's just crazy. Um, I think Doc had a great quote about uh, Lou Will. It was something on the lines of like he doesn't say much, but when he does, it's either funny or it cuts to the chase, <laughs> which is exactly what Lou Will's all about. Definitely. Uh, yeah. He mentored Shay when Shay was kind of having his confidence issues, mm-hmm. which I think that goes really far into Pat's fire and ice situation. Oh, I yeah. think without Lou there to maybe be like, hey, this is what Pat's actually telling you, it could maybe be not, not easy for not a rookie. Received as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, he was the underground goat all year. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hopefully he's getting his third six man. He has to, dude. Um, man, I you know I I just don't know what else to say. Do we want to break down anything else? Do we want to get into our favorite games? Let's get into our favorite games. I think pretty. I mean, the stats speak for themselves. If you're listening to this podcast, you know and what you Lou don't Will know about did. Lou Will. Let us know. Actually, if yeah. this was your first year watching Lou Will, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I want you to go first because I okay. I have a different one. You have an unorthodox one for sure. So. I didn't pick the Nets buzzer beater. That's fair. That was my favorite moment of the regular season. Yes. From a Ralph perspective, from an everything perspective, the game was phenomenal, obviously. Yeah. I didn't pick that one. felt a little too obvious. Yeah. So I picked the second most obvious Okay. One. I picked the Chicago Bulls triple-double game. Yeah. So let's just set the stage. I'm assuming in this one, the weather and traffic must have bet on the Chicago Bulls. Yes. Because the, the Clippers got to this game like, I don't know, nine minutes before half it Half the team off. didn't, get to, yeah, didn't like, get to work out. Half the team didn't get to work out. Doc showed up like 40 minutes before. Insane. Yeah. The team was playing horribly. Yeah. It was a wild game. We were losing in half. It was very disjointed. Lou Will uh, scored no points in the first quarter. <laughs> he scored absolutely none. He went four of seven in the second. Four of six in the third, one of five in the fourth. A classic Lou Will <laughs> breakdown, I feel like, of like, now I'm going to dominate, and then I'm going to try, and it might not work. He finished the game with 31 points, 10 boards, and 10 assists, only three turnovers. That's incredible. We won the game by five. We should have won the game by 30. I think Tobias had 20-plus, maybe 30 in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, this was a big Tobias game. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, this might be the, this is the best all-around game of Lou's career. You think so? All around. Not pure oh, score. Oh, all around. All yeah, around. Yeah. And obviously, he's dropped 50 before, that kind of thing. But in terms of everything and in terms of what he meant to the team, this was clearly such a game where if you watched it, they were just like, everyone was just kind of looking at The vibe was like, hey, man, we really need you right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. We cannot. We need to avoid this embarrassment of losing to this team. No disrespect to the Bulls. Yeah. But at the time, this was a team we should have won by more than five. I love this game. I was watching highlights of it. He was scoring from everywhere. Just phenomenal. 9 of 19 shooting again. Oh, yeah. Just great numbers. Um, so that was my favorite Lou Williams game. What was yours? Um, I have a couple. Uh, Break them down, dude. I, I, have a couple, I already just, told people this might be a long episode. I had a, t- I had a couple quick ones. It was a loss uh, in Minnesota back in February. Okay. But the f- we dropped 45 uh, on yeah. the Timberwolves. It was a weird game because, like, guys that I didn't expect were kind of dominating us. Like, Taj Gibson had a really that pretty good game. That was the rise of Taj. Uh, <laughs> Derek Rose, I think, put up 22 or 24. Um, oh, yeah. that Man, I hate when Derek Rose does well against that team. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was a loss. Um, but you know, just a great performance. And then another one I gotta say is another one is his career high in assists. Uh, that game in Atlanta uh, in November, we you know we had a pretty hot start to the season. Yeah. And then it looked like we were gonna drop a couple of games. This one, uh, we only ended up winning by eight points, but it got very close. That was the Mike Scott game. Yes. That yeah. was when Mike Scott was like. I think I can do this. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Lou Will dished out 11 assists, even though the Ooh. shots weren't really falling. So, it, I mean, you know, both of these are, like, pretty iconic to me, but I got to tell you my favorite Lou Will <laughs> this game. This is a crazy And game. this is a very unpopular opinion, <laughs> uh, so feel free to yell at me on Twitter or whatever, but Game 6 versus Golden State. This is a bold pick. Um, on paper... <laughs> It might have been one of Lou Williams' worst performances of the season. Keywords 
On paper. On paper. Uh, he went three for 21, uh, 14% field goal percentage. Shots just weren't falling. They weren't going And, down. you know, even falling left, shooting right, like his his signature shots, for whatever Nothing reason, was happening. they just were not going. And I think that a lesser man in this scenario would have probably stopped shooting the ball. <laughs> I mean, when you lesser man would have when you're approaching three for 21, (laughs) you're probably going to pass the ball up more or say to Doc, hey, can someone else play for a little while? It's so funny because if I'm if I go one for like three in a pickup game, (laughs) I'm I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) But he still found a way to add value. I mean, aside from just attracting Golden State's defense, you know, he was a focal point. They were constantly trapping him. And we needed someone to try and answer Durant. Definitely. Definitely. And he still added seven assists, two boards, and a steal. And I I, I just love the resiliency of a yeah. guy like this. And I think like the summation of what I love about Lou Will, he said in the post game after that, uh, when somebody somebody in a I thought a kind of a dickhead way asked, you know, you played so well on the road. How come you haven't been able to do that at home? That is a dickhead way. I, uh, agree with that. That I was a- appalled that they didn't pass on that question. <laughs> but Lou Will said, I live and die by the shots that I take. And it's true, baby. He said that he basically would not lose sleep on any of the shots that he took that night. Nope. And I, I don't know. Like, he is the coolest guy in the NBA. <laughs> and I, I just think that. Just watching this, um, you know, he he kept his head held high and he was still trying to win. And that's what I love about Lou Will. Relentless. That's a fantastic example. That was, a, that was an existential example of what <laughs> made Lou Will great. And it's, that is what makes Lou Will great. Yeah. He's just got the confidence and like, I yeah, I trust in him. Do we have to give this guy a grade? It's an A plus, right? It's an A plus. I mean, yeah, it's whatever the highest grade is. It's like an AP class where you can technically get above an four S point or whatever. It where is. it's like a four point five or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, back in my day, on, it was a four point graded on a curve. Yeah, well, four point five is for AP classes because it's technically better than a four point. Oh, that's right. Well, learn something new every day. You obviously didn't take a lot of AP classes. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> AP. <laughs> um, that's our Lou Williams recap. If you ask some people for their favorite Lou memories, I got the Nets one a lot. The Nets game winner, definitely. Um, send them to us from this season. Could be any season at Locked On Clips. After this, we're going to be breaking down couples, all of the players that the Clippers had work out for this week at them. But first, I want to give a, a quick shout-out to Grip6 Belts. If your dad is a working man, as most good fathers are, he probably needs a belt. Yeah. His belt's probably busted. He's probably rocking something from, uh, I don't know, 99 Cent Store or something like that. Yeah, if your mother also wears the pants in the family, which... It's 2019. It's 2019. I hope uh, she does. She might need a belt. Check out Grip6 Belts. Indestructible. I've been holding mine over a fire for three days now, and I'm wearing it every day. <laughs> I have horrible burns, but the belt's still gone. One more time, that is Grip6 Belts. Breaking down prospects after this. So welcome to the second round slash undrafted prospect breakdown. Oh, yeah. Want to give a quick shout-out to Tom's Urban. If you're ever hungry by the Staples Center, go eat a whole barbecue chicken pizza to yourself. Yeah. Fill up every beer in one pitcher from their U-Pour floor and go to town. Or maybe order just a giant michelada and think about how great the Clippers season was. Mm-hmm. So the players that the Clippers, they worked out a bunch of, you know, obviously lesser guys because we only had the second-round pick. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, yeah, I'm the dickhead. <laughs> One of them who we worked out uh, ended up saying he was going back to school, which is unfortunate because he was a center. Oh, okay. You're going to notice a pattern with a lot of these players. Yeah. The first player the Clippers worked out was Nick Weiler-Babb. 
Okay. Bob, perhaps. Weiler Bab? Weiler Bab. <laughs> he is a point guard ah. from Iowa State. 6'5", 205. Dang. Yeah, big dude. Played four years in college. Mm-hmm. First one at Arkansas, last three at Iowa State. Oh, wow. Never really played at Arkansas. He averaged five minutes a game, so I was just looking at his Iowa State stats. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was unfair to lump that other year in. Averaged eight, five, and four in 28 minutes. Okay. <laughs> On splits of 42, 34, and 75 with around three threes per game. It's all right. He averaged, his best year was when he was a junior. He averaged 11 points, nine as a senior, 101 defensive rating as a senior. Solid. Solid. Yeah. Not the best of this players we worked out, though. Okay. Pretty incredible. From what I read, the pros, everything kind of has like solid, had solid before it. So it was like solid rebounder. Yeah. Solid playmaker, et cetera. Decent shooter, I noticed. was. A yeah, player. looking at the numbers, it's decent. 75% free throw. It's okay. Like, yeah. It's fine. Um, cons. Is a guard. Yeah. I don't know how that fits in. I don't know what we're doing with this. We're going to talk about that after I run all these down. Not a good first step. Okay. Sauce and film on him. It wasn't very quick. It didn't seem like he could kind of do it whenever he wanted against guys or something like that. Yeah. Um, age is an issue for some, but I don't think it is for us. We love multi-year guys. Mm-hmm. All of these guys have played multiple years. Yeah, that makes sense. Trez played multiple years. I mean, Jerome did. That's a thing we like. And then another con that I thought was interesting that was listed, unselfish to a fault. Okay. Well, I think that that's a particular problem if he's playing for the Clippers because I don't think he would be a primary ball handler. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, it, he, he's a guy who nothing jumped out too crazy to me. Uh-huh. And I know a lot of these guys are second-round such undrafted guys, but there's some guys in this list where things are going to jump out at you. Yeah. This was one of the more like, okay. Seems like a solid guy. Seems like a solid guy. I'm not even. I'm not sure... We could plug him in and have him play any minutes next year. I don't like. No. If you just look at our roster now, I'm not sure what guards he's replacing, moving over. Yeah. For any minutes. Yeah. Jerome barely got any minutes this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Next one. This is the most intriguing one. This is a guy who has a bunch of film on him for very good reason. All right. Chris Clements. Okay. I know you are so <laughs> high on this guy. Point guard. Campbell University for the Fighting Camels. Great team. He is five foot nine inches tall. Oof. He weighs 180 pounds. Unit. Unit. Played four years at Campbell, repping the Big South Conference. All right. So his splits, he averaged 25, four, and three in 34 minutes per game. Okay. With splits of 44, 36, 85. Career, That's respectable. Career average of 10 threes per game. That bumped up to 12 threes per game his senior year. Dang. <laughs> 30 points to average as a senior. Dang. Field goal percentage and free throw percentage went up every year he was in college, as did the attempts. I mean. Which is a pretty good sign if you want a shooter. That's a good indication. Three 40-plus point games. Damn. Uh Third highest scorer in the history of Division One NCAA basketball. Insane. Surprisingly, never had a defensive rating over 105. That's really solid. That kind of surprised me. Yeah. And I was kind of worried. I don't know anything about the Big South or the Campbell Fighting Camels, other than they have a great name. I assume this was maybe like a weird thing where they're like a powerhouse. Oh, okay. And it was like we're rolling guys over, so it's defensive rating. They went twenty and thirteen, so it's not like yeah they were blowing guys out, and he kind of got like the residual good defensive rating thing. Definitely. 
I mean, pros are pretty obvious. Scores. The guy gets buckets. Yeah. Um, the shooting is great. He's also able to finish at the rim thanks to his 44-inch vertical. Oh, <laughs> the dude man. Is like, dude, the dude is like a scoring freak of nature. Cons. There's a couple big ones. Is a guard. Yeah. Five, what are we doing with that? Also 5-9. Yeah, that's... I, I, Which I mean, sucks. That's the reason that he's so low or will possibly go undrafted. Is 5-9 is, is just... I don't know how you can make a serviceable NBA player out of that. Yeah, unless you're Isaiah and you're literally scoring 30 points a game. You would have to score 30 points Straight and up. have and be paired with a really, really good defender in the backcourt. Someone like, I don't know, Patrick Beverly? Maybe. <laughs> um, and not the best college competition. No disrespect to the Big South, but not a power conference. You played for Campbell. Yeah. Um, but this guy, this guy is really interesting because I don't think we draft this guy. No. I think he'd be. An, I think he's a guy who needs. He's for sure needs to go to like summer league and just be like, I'm here to ball. Yeah, watch me score. Have an impressive showing in summer league. Maybe spend a season in the G League. Yeah, something. But like putting him next to Lou for a year, if whatever, this is not a want. I understand this would maybe be detrimental to the team. This would be very detrimental to the team. The dude would be a great scorer if he turns into an Isaiah Thomas type scorer, though. Yeah. Um. Also surprising. Four boards for a guy who's 5'9". Four boards a game? Yeah, that's yeah, pretty solid. It's not bad. He averaged uh, w- one less board than one of the power forwards we scouted. All right. Um, now, uh, a guy who shares my name, but not my position or ability at basketball, Charles Matthews. All right. Small forward slash shooting guard from Michigan. <laughs> He's 6'6", 205. A little so, small. So a little small for small a small forward. forward. So he's basically a shooting guard. Played one year at Kentucky, then transferred to Michigan for his next two years. Another multi-year guy. Never really played at Kentucky, so I looked at his Michigan stats. 13-5-2. Okay. And 30 minutes per game at Michigan. Splits of 46, 30, and 60. Around three threes per game. So he's hitting three one. threes. At, yeah, he's hitting one a game. Um, this is what... So a lot of people online were talking about this guy for this reason. 94 defensive rating. And that's at Michigan. Like yeah. That's at a team. And that's the average. Yeah. Like, that's damn good. Definitely. This is the guy who I think is maybe the most draftable. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. Defensively, it's like the pieces are there to, to craft a dude who can maybe play a little more than a more re- well-rounded ball than Sundarius, mm-hmm. but have a similar defensive impact. Um, pros... Kind of not a guard. Yeah. <laughs> Cuspy. Cuspy. Very, is Cuspy a word? I don't know. Dude, Cuspy is a great word. Um, fantastic defensive player. Yeah. 94 defensive rating is not something you get off luck. No. Yes, he, they knocked out the Montana Grizzlies in the NCAA Finals. We'll, we'll forgive that, I guess. Yeah. And he's a good rebounder. Um, cons, bad free throw shooter. 65% his junior year. That's uh, that's troubling. That's really troubling if you're going to be a shooting guard or a small forward. Yeah. Um, Those are like Markel Fultz numbers. That's his best mark in college was 65%. Um, not the best ball handler, which is kind of Sundarius. This guy kind of reminds me of Sundarius. Yeah. Not the best ball handler, but I saw his footage. He's a little better than Sundarius. All right. Um, which not maybe not the hardest thing to be, but he is. And then too aggressive defensively. Okay. Which I'm like, I'm okay with that being a con. I think that's something that gets ironed out as you play at the highest level. Exactly. And if you're playing around vets who are good vets, like 
Bev is, you have a guy teaching you the sneaky NBA stuff. Yeah. Which I think he did a lot with Shea this year. Um, so he, he I would say, I'd say Charles Matthews is the most draftable guy mm-hmm. of these guys so far. And then we have a uh, familiar name on here, Terry Harris. Okay. Younger brother of Tobias. Neat. Um, shooting guard from North Carolina A&T. I so put, many guards. I put AT&T accidentally, which is funny to me. 6'6", 215. Played at three schools. Two years at Houston Baptist. One at Eastern Michigan. One at North Carolina A&T. We're looking at his North Carolina A&T stats. 8-3-1. and one in Okay. 20 minutes per game. Shot 42% from the field. 41% from three. 83% from the charity stripe. Nice. Five threes a game. More Five than th- threes a game, wow. In his senior year, which is more than double than any other season he had. Dang. So you could technically s- probably slot him in at the three. If he's 6'6", 215. And the shooting's for sure there. I mean, 41% on five attempts a game. Oh, yeah. And that free throw percentage is nice. Defensive rating of 105, perfectly fine. Um, pros, we kind of already talked about it. Shooting splits indicate the stroke is for sure there. Definitely. You don't have to do too much work on him. Good size for a two. Cons is a guard. Yeah, but, I mean, he's the same size as the small forward yeah. slash shooting guard we worked out. So I'll, I'm willing to let this one slide a little okay, bit more than the sure. other ones. That's fair. Didn't exactly light it up in college. Mm, yeah. Against some lesser competition, he kind of bounced yeah. around. No real draft info on him also. Oh, that's <laughs> very surprising. But I could see him maybe as an undrafted guy. Other than, the ch- other than Charles, it seems maybe he's there. His shooting's just so good. Yeah. I don't know. Still limited sample size, so I, I would see him probably going undrafted. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? Yeah. It, like in all these guys, you're kind of like, hey, you know, there's like some good, but it's mostly. And then the final player that we had work out for us this week, Kenny Wooten who was listed as a center at Oregon, but after I tell you his size, you might want to rethink that. 6'9", 235. I'm already out. Already a powerful... I'm just out. Yeah. Like, played two years at Oregon. Stats, this is really funny to me. 6'5", and half an assist and 24 minutes per game. He only averaged one more rebound than the 5'9 guy. That's troubling. That's troubling. Splits of 63, 0, because he never took any threes, and 65... Defensive rating, 93. All right. So that's kind of nice. Averaged two blocks a game. And in one game, had seven against UC Irvine in the tournament. Damn. Yeah. Those are some Keith Kloss numbers. Um, <laughs> Keith Kloss, former Clipper, leads the NCAA in blocks per game average with, I believe, 7.7. Very which is mind-blowing. Very impressive. Pros. Defensive awareness seems great. Yeah. Uh, blocks and defensive rating seems like he has a very good mind. He can cerebrally understand defense. Won't get caught lacking. Mm-hmm. Cons. 24 minutes a game and five boards is not good. No. For someone who is apparently listed as a center. Yeah. He is an undersized center. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 6'9 is, is too small. It's That's crazy. Like, I don't know why we're kind of... Are we trying to shift the pair? You joked about running a four-guard lineup with one center. Are we trying to do that with just undersized guys? I I have no idea. Poor field goal and free throw percentage. 63 on both. Not good. Yeah. So I think we can both agree, too many guards. What? F- 63 is not a bad field goal percentage. Um, oh, excuse me. I just meant free throw. Yeah. Um, 63 on free throw, not good. Yeah. No, that's not 63 good at all. 63 field goal, great. Um. So we both agree, maybe too many guards. Yeah. Which of these two dudes do you think kind of fits the team? Because I'm not even going to talk minutes, because we already Out have so many guys we Harrison, have. Harrison, Wooten? 
Out of any of them. Um, man, I don't know. I, I got to be honest. I'm not really super That's fair. hot on any of these guys. Um, I guess I would like to see... Um, I guess I'd like to see how it worked with maybe one of either Charles Matthews or Terry Harris, um, just because they have a little bit more size. They could maybe come off the bench in the three position. Yeah. Seems like they're both, you know, oh, I mean, Matthews is an okay shooter from three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harris, pretty good shooting, has great shooting splits. So, yeah, I, I those are the two that stick out to me. I guess what what are what are you two guys? I mean, really, it's. Terry Harris, or mm-hmm. excuse me, not Terry Harris. Uh, I would put Charles Matthews as my number one, just because that I really like that defense. I yeah. kind of like that hard nose. He's good at it. I, I would like to develop a guy who's we could maybe like kind of groom another Pat Bev style guy. Yeah, I like that. And then that's kind of the only one. Yeah, honestly. I mean that's the one that sticks out the most to me. Um, the only thing like Terry Harris has a little bit bit of size, which which is nice. Um, it also kind of worries me too because. Is maybe something in the works trade-wise if we're working out this many guards? I don't know. It's just so weird. I don't want to speculate, like, but it is very bizarre. It's just uh, they know who's on the roster. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think that maybe they're looking to shore up things or or maybe get guys in a position long-term. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it, it's it's hard to read. It's odd. It is It's odd. more so just odd. It is odd. Let us know what you guys think of these potential uh Future Clippers, let us know if you think we should get Terry Harris. Shea also has a cousin or something. We should maybe just get everyone's relatives. That's not a bad call. Coming after this, we got to love Mary Kill. But first, just one more time for Tom Zerbin. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to go there, eat a delicious uh, French dip, eat too many fries. It's just a layup away from Staples Center right across the street. Very close. If you're ever uh, at LA Live just wandering around during non-basketball season, you know, confused about where to go and you're hungry and it's raining, go ahead on into Tom Zervin. Give us your uh, tired, you're hungry, and you're poor is their slogan. I don't know where they got that from. Coming up after this, some love, Mary kill. But first, we got to talk about this tampering. This tampering, first of all, who cares? Yeah. Tampering is something that I think the NBA could just pick and choose. I think it makes more sense for tampering when it's coming from front offices than coaches. Especially coaches who were brought on a TV show to talk about the finals. So that's the thing. Uh, <laughs> supposed yeah. to say next question? Yeah. It, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't make sense, and it's like, so he got fined for comments specifically about Kawhi. Mm-hmm. He also talked about Kevin Durant and how good he is, who's going to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. He also talked about how great Steph is. Like, should it? So you're saying the fee should probably be a hundred and fifty thousand dollars? Yeah, I'm saying triple that thing up. <laughs> no, it's just such an interesting. Like, the league could have just told him don't go on the show. Yeah, they don't just like do these surprise guests. Like, tampering's just so every team tampers. Yeah, which is my thing. I mean, and I don't care about it. I, I don't guess, give a shit about tampering. I guess maybe this is like a reflection of all season long, some of the tactics kind of with Kawhi. Yeah. Um, which I can kind of under, and I can see the drafters being pissed. Yeah. Think if they think if some other team had a guy scouting Shea every single game. Yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. Um, I I get that that would be irritating. I just don't know why that wasn't something that could be discussed behind closed doors. I don't know why you're waiting for this television appearance. And Adam to like, Silver was like kind of like snarky about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, like this is where you're planning your flag. Do some mental health stuff, dude. Don't be snarky about this. Like, I don't get the big song and dance about this kind of stuff. Um, no. I I like I don't get the. I, I really don't get the point that the league is trying to prove. 
Because and I even thought the magic tampering was BS. Oh, for sure. It's yeah. crazy. For sure. Like, and that's even in a setting. I thought the magic tampering was BS to get for him to get fined. And that wasn't even a setting where he was on a sports show being asked about the finals. Yeah, and here's the other thing is you know, where they're slapping fines on all and, and it's always like on a talk show or some you Yeah. Know, Think about all the stuff we don't know about that happens behind closed doors that we will never know about. Think about, I don't know, one superstar having dinner with another superstar who is in the middle of maybe being traded. Yeah. And this isn't any Lakers hate. That could be with any team. Definitely. Any team. Like, if Kevin Durant went to dinner with Chris Middleton, I'd yeah. be like, this is weird. How is this not tampering? Yeah, I don't know. To a certain degree, it seems unavoidable. I, I guess I get that they're trying to have... Like the facade that there's a level playing field Which is so that dumb. any free agent could go to any of the 30 teams. Yeah, and you're just like, whatever. It's not how it is. It's not how it is. NBA's got a lot of stuff to figure out. But so we were fined fifty thousand dollars, which inspired this love Mary kill. Yeah. So instead of you know, we have we have to pay the NBA fifty thousand dollars, which I hope Balmer can afford. We should maybe get a GoFundMe started. <laughs> <laughs> how he much? probably has fifty thousand dollars like in his back pocket. No, he's he. He's like he's looking in his cushions right now for it. That's where fifty thousand dollars is at Steve Ballmer's house, but not in like the cool mobster way where he's hiding it. He just like it falls out. Of his pocket. It's like oh man, no, that dude never has cash. <laughs> or he ha- or the cash that Steve Ballmer has is like those like uh, like joke bills that are like a million dollar bills, but but they're re- only really rich people get them. So he has that. He used one fifty thousand dollar bill to pay this fine. So. For Love, Mary Kill, I was inspired to find gifts that cost $50,000 that we could have just given to Kawhi yeah. instead of getting this fine. I like this. So there's some weird ones. Okay. <laughs> First of all, it's kind of hard to find one gift that costs $50,000. $50, the first idea I had, and this one is regional. This one's a little sweet for him to maybe come to the LA Clippers. A $50,000 gift card to the 99-cent store. All right. Frugal guy like Kawhi? You're set for life, baby. And you can only use it in California. You can uh, completely furnish your San Diego home. Oh, baby. And your future L.A. I, I think maybe a condo. I don't know. You could furnish You could furnish three condos with $50,000. You could maybe buy the whole company for $50,000. Second gift in this Love, Mary Kill. Okay. A Hamaker Schlemmer barbecue dining boat. What does this mean? It costs exactly $50,000. It provides waterborne cookouts for you and nine of your friends. I have to look this thing up. It has a built-in barbecue grill, an umbrella, and a trolling engine. Trolling engine? I don't know enough about boats. It's a giant boat that has a built-in barbecue and a fridge that you can serve food on with your buddies. Oh, wow. They make all sorts of, like, Oh, there was... I went to the Hamaker's water stuff. So, yeah. So, that costs exactly $50,000. Okay. That's a pretty good LA gift. I mean, he's gonna need he's gonna need a barbecue dining boat if he's living Dude, in Los Angeles. Like, you can't use uh, it in Toronto. Uncle Dennis gotta eat. Yeah, and then it's just gonna be him and Uncle Dennis and no one else. And then a Nesmuk diamond studded knife. Okay, which is apparently the sharpest kitchen knife in the world. All right, it has seven diamonds used in the blade to make it sharp. <laughs> okay. Technically only costs forty thousand dollars. All right. But here's the kicker. What do you got? We're throwing ten K worth of Wagyu beef his way with this thing. All right. <laughs> so which of these items are you loving, marrying, and killing um, and giving to Kawhi Leonard? Also, 
Quick shout out to Untuck It Shirts for sponsoring this segment. Not on the list because they don't cost $50,000. Could get $50,000 on Untuck It Shirts, though. You'll never have to tuck again. No, no, screw a tuck. Which of these are you loving, marrying, and killing? Um, <laughs> I think I'm kind of loving the barbecue dining boat. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, it looks weird. It doesn't look like something. It looks unsafe. It doesn't look like something that costs <laughs> uh, that amount of money. No, 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 not at all. Plus, you got to <laughs> pay the dock fees. Uh yeah I I don't even I I love it though because <laughs> it's just uh that's a great that seems like a great bribe gift it's a great bribe bribe it's like something a senator would get caught with yeah definitely definitely right. um for Mary I'd actually like to throw something on the board you okay this is your favorite thing to do but I, yeah oh dude I'm a wild card <laughs> uh and on the board I'm gonna go ahead and add a Chadillac Muscalade. Which, if you're unfamiliar, Ooh. in the thousands, I'm not mad at this. Chad anymore. Muska had a professional cat- skateboarder. Professional. I mean, if you don't know, Ch- Chad Muska spent an hour or two on YouTube, backtailed the ledge at the Staples Center. Yeah. Anyway, one of the all-time greats. Anyways, in the thousands, he had a ridiculous Cadillac Escalade that had like bulletproof windows. Yeah. And like, uh, it's real it, out there for those skateboarders. It was really bro. tricked out. <laughs> Uh, and I feel like it's kind of a piece of, of skateboarding history, and I think Kawhi, as a SoCal guy, would really appreciate the gesture. You know that he has some Thrasher mags. You know that okay. the dude loves Wahoo's tacos. So he can roll up to Wahoo's and a Chalak Muscalade. There's no way he wouldn't sign here. So this is the one you're mar- you're marrying the Chalak Muscalade. Okay, which one are you killing? I'm killing the the knife. You're wrong on that, but I'll, t- I'll <laughs> go ahead and explain yourself why. <laughs> All right. Um, no one needs this. Also, Kawhi isn't cutting his own food. He would if he had a forty thousand dollar sh- world sharpest knife. No, 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 no. He'd have to get a. <laughs> you don't know Kawhi. Bro. He'd have to get a, a six figure assistant to hold the knife to cut his stuff for him. What if they're holding the knife and he use he grabs their wrist and cuts? <laughs> <laughs> like they're they still have the whole night. Okay, so that I mean that's a that's an okay one. I am I'm loving the knife. I don't know why. The dude loves karate and stuff like that. So I imagine he has some maybe some weird sword mall ninja type okay. desires. All right, I vibe. The knife comes in a pretty cool case. <laughs> it's finished wood. I'm going I think he would like the knife. I think the knife is a perfect I guess you got me a gift because you don't really know me, but this is nice and I appreciate it. Yeah, it's not a great gift. Plus, he's getting 10K of Wagyu beef, dude. <laughs> that is the more exciting part for sure. Well, I mean, yeah, think how much, think how easy he's been able to slice that with the world's sharpest knife. And then from Kawhi's perspective, I'm marrying that 50K 99 cent store gift card. It's a, it's a solid. I think that epitomizes who Kawhi is. I think that's a solid gesture. He would love it. He, you know, when he throws his small get together with, close friends to announce that he's signing with the Clippers, he's going to need paper cups and plates. Definitely. He can... uh, Ice, balloons, makeup. He could take entire schools to the the 99 cent store. Pregnancy tests, cheap as hell. As effective as expensive ones at the 99 cent store. Oh yeah, because they legally have to be. Legally they have to be. PSA, if you're in a tight spot and you need a pregnancy test, as people sometimes do, and you're hard up, go to the 99 cent store. Yeah. Anyway, that was a weird segment. Um... I'm going to kill, and I hate to do this, because it seems like something that I would buy if I had $50,000 to blow, what do you which got? I'm just this close to being able to do. <laughs> I got to kill the barbecue dining boat. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so the, the issue that I have with the boat is not the gaudiness. It's the shape of the boat. It's a circle. Yeah. 
To me, it needs. To I kind of like the circle. To me, it needs more of a rectangle. I wish it was a barbecue, like a hovercraft sphere, like a the, the glass. No, I balls. wish it was the exact same shape, but it's like a hovercraft. That'd be tight. See, <laughs> I want like a longer. Noisy. I want like a longer shape, like a dining a, hall. Yeah. What about a barbecue fan boat? <laughs> that's a that's a vibe. That's a Kauai vibe. Kind of <laughs> river trashy safari hat and a. <laughs> yep. I mean, well, a barbecue fan boat. If you guys have any ideas of what $50,000 gifts you could give Kawhi, yeah. hit us up at Will Updike, at Charles Mockler, at Locked On Clips, at $50,000 gifts for Kawhi.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, that pretty much wraps it up for this bit of a supersized episode. Yeah, I think that'll do it. We hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Check us out on the Himalaya app. Definitely. At Locked On Clips. You can get all the Locked On Podcast Network stuff there. Tell that dang smart speaker to play Locked On Clips. Tuesday, we're going to have a Jamichael Green season recap. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a fun one. We got Twitter Tuesday, so please send us your questions. What else are we talking about Tuesday? Whatever happens between now and then? Yeah, just whatever happens, man. Uh, shout out to the Raptors for the game one win. Yeah. We might have to do a Kawhi watch on, on Tuesday. Oh, we, dude, did, we didn't have time this week. We didn't have time today. so There's going to be a Kawhi watch. We did a Kawhi watch on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a Kawhi watch for sure on Tuesday. Uh, I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. I'm William the Opinion Update. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> have a good weekend.